Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan Aldridge. Episode drops here usually on Sunday and Wednesday. I recently took a new job in a new city, so I'll be moving. I don't know how much that will affect episode drops. I don't think it will. Anyway, I'm going to start this episode off with some music. This is Shame by Pony Bradshaw off his album Sudden Opera. Shame, shame 
Welcome you to another episode of Untapped in Vinyl. This is your host, Alan, and I got Monk. And to set this up, my way over to Tuscaloosa, Tulosa. Yes, man. Lusa Brews is like it's like the the mother church of of beer stores. Yes. You know, I love it, man. Um, you know, living in Tuscaloosa and being able to go there anytime you wanted to, except for Mondays when they're yeah. closed. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Chick Fil A on Sunday. I yeah. never want Chick Fil A till Sunday when right. they're closed. You know, I always think about Lusa on on Mondays, but. Uh, you know, 63 beers on tap. Did you know they got 63 beers on tap? Yeah, yeah. You told me a little bit about yeah, that last yeah. time. So it's 62. Uh, 62 showing. Yeah. And then they've got one in the closet. And, of course, Tuscaloosa was the 63rd county in Alabama. So it all makes sense and it's pretty cool. Yeah. But that one they have in the closet is always some, you know, mother humper of a beer. You know, it's right. always that that 13% thing that's, you know, brewed in scotch barrels or whatever, you know. So aged in scotch barrels. Yeah. So. So we got today, we got the Parish Brewing Company, one of the most outstanding, and please tag them in all your posts, because they need to know that they are making some of the most spectacular beer out. I mean, from yeah. Ghost in the I mean, Machine We started to, this thing out with Ghost in the Machine. Yeah, I mean, and now this is Bloom, mm-hmm. what is it, 6 point? 6.7. 6.7, and it is a phenomenal double IPA. I don't, I mean, I think it's got some like rose petals or something in it. It feels like, I mean... The way that Parrish describes it, and I agree, is uh, juicy, hazy IPA, and uh, spot on. Definitely, it, it you know, and, and Ghost in the Machine is a hazy IPA too, but it it's is. not as juicy. Yeah, I love the juicy. Yeah, that's the thing. When Jared recommended it, this is Parrish Brewing, and it's uh, to me, it's actually better than Ghost in the Machine. And I was like, well, man, let me try it out. Yeah. And uh, he poured, you know, gave me a sample, and I was like, yeah, yeah, let me get a cup. And I was like, yeah, we're going with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, and I'm a huge supporter of Ghost of the Machine. You know, we got it right here at the convenience Ooh. store down the road from my house. But, yeah, and I got man, it down at Elbow. But Bloom is just, it's better. It's lower in alcohol, obviously. But, I mean, and, and normally I like, I go for, and that's why I was hoping you would see my friend Ryan. Because he knows I go for the, the, the you know, the big, gigantic beers. That's what I like. You know, I like the Russian Imperial Stouts, you know, mm-hmm. aged in Cabernet barrels and stuff, you know. I always go for the biggest thing he's got, like the Woot Stout or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, man, this right here, if I'd have seen this on there, I would have, like, not asked him anything else. Just say, give me one of those bloom. Well, we, he did us up right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because every time, every time that Lusa has it, I go looking for it. Um, when, when I see that they post that they've yeah. got bloom in the yeah. four packs, I'm like, I'm yeah. there. Because that was the thing that he, he was telling me. He was like, generally, bloom is a spring. It's a seasonal beer. Yeah. And they usually drop it in the spring. For whatever reason, this year, they drop it in the summer. And I was like, perfect. Probably because they had a batch go wrong, had to pour it down the drain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe. It. It was, that's how Ghost in the Machine was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, man, it's a phenomenal beer. So, you know, I look, I look forward to a lot of uh, zany craziness toward the end of this <laughs> because... Yeah. Let me look up the name for that uh, that one I, I was telling you that I was going to come home Oh, with. oh, the, uh, the uh, um, Knee Deep Brewing Company. It was Knee Deep the, Brewing. The Hop Deranged. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah hop, hop Deranged. Hop Deranged. It's a triple IPA. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Knee Deep Hop Deranged. It's 12 and a half. And uh, when I was telling old buddy, I was thinking about going with that. He just kind of gave me a look, and he was like, hmm. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you want a sample? I said, yeah. And I, I tried it because you told me immediately. He's like, it's sweet. It's good, but it's sweet. Yeah. 
because what caught my eye was 12 and a half, and I was like, we'll finish a growler of that, and we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I tried it, and I was like, I don't want to drink a growler of this. Yeah. I would, one would be plenty. Sure. That Yeah, when last time I was at Lusa, that's one of the uh, one of the beers that I, I chose, because I try to get something unique every time, Yeah. you know, that I haven't tried, so I can check it in on untapped or whatever, but. But yeah, there is, there is your untapped portion. So thank you, Lusa. We, we, you know what's funny? We used to do the untapped portion at the yeah. end, but I think we realized after the first couple episodes, like, wait a minute, we need to talk about the beer first. And that will kind of set it up for everybody listening. That'll explain why we're talking the way yeah. we're talking. Yeah, the time yeah. We get to oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, when I told them uh, what I was trying to do up there, they was like, oh, you got a podcast. And I was like, yeah. So one of the things, if you listen to an untapped and vital, uh, as the show goes on, you'll hear us as we go. <laughs> We'll start to get a little more drunky. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So I'll get a little more southern accent. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably get a little more proper. Yeah. I, you know, when I, whenever I start drinking, I get a little more. I start to over enunciate my words, mm-hmm. open my mouth when I talk. You know? That's what I wanted to. Let's start it out with this. Okay. So moving into the uh, uh, vinyl portion. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on diction and like with singer songwriters and frontmen and bands singing? with the enunciation and pronunciation of the words. How important is that to you? Uh, really, I mean, it's not important to me. I mean, I guess it all depends on where they come from and where they, you know, how they normally speak. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, I worked a country radio for 11 years, and I heard a lot of singers that I know weren't that country singing overly country. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of you know, say that's pretty much the same kind of deal over and I mean, just it's it's how you talk, you mm-hmm. know. As long as you're not putting on some sort of accent, you know. Like I never understood in Blink One Eighty Two songs, why does he have to sound like he's British and a seven-year-old kid? You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all in my yed. It ain't in your yed. It's in your head. You know what I'm talking about? I, I just yeah. I never understood that. I mean, as long as you're genuine, you're just singing the way you sing, and your 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 accent is the way your accent is. You know, like me, I mean, I, and maybe they're like me, maybe they're a little disheveled. They've, they've grown up, uh, in between, you know, Washington DC and Columbus, Mississippi yeah. with a little time in Tuscaloosa. So my accent's kind of all over the road because sure. I spent all my summers up around DC, but yet I've been on the radio too. And you kind of want to, if you want to have a career in radio, you've got to kind of sound like you're from nowhere. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. can't really pick out. I mean, I think at this point, and especially after doing country radio for 11 years, I did not put on an accent, but I did not hide my accent and I don't try to normally hide my accent. It just kind of all depends on who I'm hanging around or how much I've had to drink because like I said I get a little I may get a little more country or I may get a little more proper yeah. when I drink it just all kind of depends on the situation you know but I mean I think I mean, as far as diction is concerned if it's your the way you talk then it's fine yeah you know if you say pretty then you can say pretty in your songs mm-hmm. and I say pretty you know yeah. with two d's instead of two t's so like the advantages i see it and like give you a specific case is like hosier yeah is a lot of times in some of his songs i don't understand the word he just said but i understand why he did it it was uh it was a way for him to get the the melody to where he wanted it so he would use that sure. word and instead of saying fire he may say fire and like yeah, carry his voice and get yeah, it ready I mean, for the next stage. I mean, do what you got to do yeah. to make it make sense, you know, yeah. to, to the listener. I mean, if you've got people wondering what the hell you're talking about, you know, or mm-hmm. what the hell word you just said, then I mean, you've probably done something wrong. But 
I mean, do what you got to do to get it out. I mean, it's yeah. your it's your thing. It's your style. But I mean, if I'm listening to it and I know you're, you know, hick asses from you know, freaking Wadley, Alabama. Yeah. And you're trying to sound like you're from London, England. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna have a hard I'm time. I'm automatically you, you got the cred, you know. <laughs> right. So, man, just I was telling you this earlier is uh, Saturday night, and guys, Alt 101.7, that is Tuscaloosa's alternative station, on Saturdays from nine to twelve Central, you can get some radio magic. You got Indies only. <laughs> Monk has it going, and so uh, me and a couple of the guys, we had just loaded up. And we were heading out for the evening, and it was going to be about an hour drive to wherever we were going. I think we were heading to Tuscaloosa. And uh, <laughs> I turned over to Alt 1017 and I heard Monk on the radio, and I was like, oh, y'all fellas, this is about to be the best. <laughs> it's about to be a good drive. And so I was like, well, what are you talking about? I was like, this is Indies Only. This is a special show that Monk does. And I was like, this is uh, Indie Artist. And I happen to know some of the people who's about to be on this show, and you're mm-hmm. going to love it. So, shout-outs real quick. Taylor Hollingsworth. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I can't say enough good about Taylor Hollingsworth. It's been really cool, like, that now, because, I mean, Taylor and I have followed each other on social media. We've met before. Mm-hmm. I announced, uh, I actually, he and his wife's band, Dead Fingers, they played uh, Sloss Furnaces and um, uh Bo Hicks and his sister put on a little benefit over there, and I got to announce Dead Fingers, you know, on mm-hmm. stage. And I, so I've always had this, like, Dead Fingers was really the first Taylor Hollingsworth I heard outside of, of some of his early solo stuff that I think I played on Indies Only. I don't even remember. Yeah. Nothing like that. But when I heard Dead Fingers, I was like, there's just something about this guy. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's it's everything about his, his presentation, it's just, it's cute and it's adorable. You know, the way he's got his head bobbing. He is an amazing guitar player. I love his voice. His voice works perfectly. I mean, it fits perfectly. So it was really cool to finally get to go see him at Sunstroke House in Columbus and really get to know Taylor a little better, you know. And and now he knows who I am. And it was really cool. It it all kind of came together, you know. Um, but, uh, But just a phenomenal artist so all right taylor we, we talk about <laughs> yeah. and his new record is coming out august yeah. 2nd yeah and so the song you played on Indies tap dance and daddy yeah. i can't wait for it yeah yeah and so the song you played saturday night we were in the truck for that when it came yeah. on and i was like Ooh, y'all fellas just don't know yeah because that uh page just did a review uh on the the new single that's dropping and his album will drop yeah. in yeah uh, De- august, devil and me august. is the name of the track and devil it's and it's coming up uh an hour two this coming week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it will actually be the week that just passed when this actually gets uploaded, I think. It'll be Sunday. It'll be, yeah. So, yeah, it'll, it'll already have just aired. But keep listening to Indies Only on 1017 because I'm going to continue to play yeah. this song. And I, what I, when, when Taylor sent me the new song, he was like, hey, man, um, I'm finally able to share the new music with you. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it with my headphones in sitting at my, my other job, you know. <laughs> And I texted him back, and I was like, I'm about to play the shit out of this song. I hope you know. <laughs> and he was like, thanks, Monk. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's like, man, that is that is a cool-ass song, man. And it's Tuscaloosa. We're in Tuscaloosa. Or it's yeah. Alabama. It's yeah. Birmingham, Birmingham, where he's, yeah. you know, where he's from. So Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, phenomenal. So you were shouting out to people. You shouted out to Taylor. You got another shout-out? Yes, I do. Pony Bradshaw, man. Pony. Yeah. Buzz. Uh, Sudden Opera. Mm-hmm. I have wore that some bitch out. I tell you, I listened the day that record came out. I listened to it. I guarantee it. That was the day Ross Newell came to Sunstroke. 
That exactly. Yes, because we spoke with him um, outside on the porch about it. Mm-hmm. I played that record no more than about three times at work, and I only didn't play it again because I know my coworkers were having to listen to it too. None of them said anything, yeah. you know, but. I was like, oh, I probably need to lay off, but I still have listened to that record, man. And the other night I played Shame, and that's like the third or fourth time, I, or second or third time I played Shame. Mm-hmm. And like when I listened to the record, I thought, it's there are a lot of phenomenal songs on there. I mean, Pony Bradshaw is one of my favorite songwriters. He has Didn't a way of attaching song. to this emotion that 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 you don't find every day in songwriting, and his voice. When you, I mean, you get it on record, but I think when you see Pony live, you you see the range his voice really has because it's a lot of a lot of I don't know what it's I don't know alto or what I think it's alto the higher pitched right it's tenor from tenor mm-hmm. tenor is lower or higher it's higher okay whatever he's got yeah. that yeah but it but it 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 but varies he, it'll go yeah, down deep go, if he, he needs to but it is so yep. phenomenal man he tunes his guitar up but anyway Rich. but but this record man when I listened to it I I listened to every song like I said two or three times and I thought. Shame. That's the freaking single. Yeah. Shame is the damn so hit. When we, I saw uh, you getting rhythm. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. And so I told you on the porch, I was like, yeah. listen to Shame. Check yeah. out Shame. That is the song. Because I told and now, you, because like, first thing you asked me when we got out there on the porch was, have you listened to Pony's album yet? I was like, no. It's I ordered it pre-ordered on Amazon. It's going to be at the house waiting on me. Yeah. And uh, right when it come in, I looked on the back. He said, track three, Shame. Put it on. And I was like. That is, yeah, that and is. that's the song that Rounder has now released. Yeah, because at single, first so. it was ten by ten, amazing song. Oh hell yes! And then oh it was uh, Van Gogh, mm-hmm. and then it was Bad Teeth. Yep, all phenomenal songs. But like Shane, when I get out of the truck after listening to Sudden Opera, even in its entirety, yeah, that's the song that sticks with me. Getting rhythm, <laughs> I saw you getting rhythm. Oh yeah, I do it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think I. I mean, I need more of those local dudes. I mean, one one guy, and you probably you may have had a chance. I don't know how long you listened, but an hour or two toward the end, um, I had a dude named Matt Woods. I didn't catch that part. Matt um, Matt came to Tuscaloosa a few times uh, to play Druid City Brewing Company, and he's just, he's kind of got a country thing going on, like a honky tonky kind of country, but he's real about it. It's not like a he's not like trying to be the next big country star. He just has a freaking country accent and he likes the way it's, you know, he's got a sound mm-hmm. that's all his own. He's got a new record out called Natural Disaster and the song Jailbird song. I'm going to be playing it again this uh well in the coming weeks. We'll mm-hmm. just say on Indies only. That dude is phenomenal mm-hmm. too, man. So check out Matt Woods. But last time he was at at Druid City Brewing Company, he didn't have any full-length vinyl, so I bought a single, a song called Dead Man's Blues. Okay. And I listened to that son of a bitch till it was probably wore out, man. It was such a good song, man. Yeah. It's got me singing the Dead Man's Blues. This dude is he's, he's all heart. He can sing his ass off. And when and when he would do Dead Man's Blues, there's a point where he would live. He stops playing guitar, and it's just his voice, and he's screaming his ass off, and it sounds phenomenal. Yeah. So now, another artist for you to check out. Uh, that artist that you uh, sent me, I think through text the other night, it was a YouTube video, Josh Ritter. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, Josh Ritter's badass. <laughs> <laughs> that was an introduction. Like, uh, right when you sent that, I listened to it, and I was like, hmm. I mean... And then I, I just immediately hit replay again. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to an artist, 
out of New York the other night. My friend was uh, was at the show and she was uh, doing it live on her thing. And he did a Josh Ritter song, which brought Josh Ritter to mind. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about Josh Ritter. So let's go ahead and listen to some Josh Ritter. So I spent a good little bit of time listening to old Josh, man. And another artist that you need to check out, if you haven't yet, and I know you're a younger cat than me, but Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith, man. I mean, there are thousands of artists out right now that credit their style, their, not really, maybe necessarily their style, but their influence. A lot of them come from Elliot Smith. Check this dude out, especially in so my like opinion. So he's like songwriter, songwriter? Yes. And he did not live to a, to a, a, a grand old age. He died young um, at his own hand, unfortunately. But check this guy out, especially the record XO, which I think. And now, uh, uh, Elliot Smith artists would would jump on me probably and say that's not his. That's the record that I was introduced to Elliot Smith on. Mm-hmm. I've experienced every one of them since and love all of them. But XO is probably my favorite record from Elliot Smith. All right, and so another artist that uh, you recently sent me was a uh, Cultural Wall. Oh my gosh! What do you like him? That was another one that was like the uh, the Ritter. Like I played that song that you played me. Let me. Uh, you should. Oh, I sent you. Um, oh shit! What song did I send you, bro? Um, there, but yeah, the Devil Wears a Suit yeah. and Tie. You sent me Devil Wears a Suit and Tie, and I, I listened to it, and then it was one of them where I just replay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Coulter Wall. When I first discovered Coulter Wall, I met a, a young lady out of Kentucky named um, Mary Spar who I met her through Shooter Jennings Mm -hmm. because she and her her then-boyfriend, John, he was Shooter's manager. She was doing merch with another fellow named Adam. Well, John, unfortunately, passed away. Mary went on to do her own thing. Mm -hmm. Adam became Shooter's new manager. They're out on the road doing shit right. And she just all of a sudden shows up with this dude named Coulter Wall and is like, hey, world, here's this dude. And he's like making waves all in the world now and playing in Europe and to that sold-out shows and shit. And he's from Saskatchewan. And See, that he, immediately throws me with, um, to talk about Coulter Wall, like first impression was like, what a voice. Yeah. And 21? 21 now, but he was like 19 when he put out his, or 18 when he put out his first record. And then learned that he's from Canada, and I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, but I mean, I think Saskatchewan (laughs) is kind of like one of those Wild West, you know, plains kind of places, you know, where there's just like, it's a Western type feel, I guess, up there, because, Uh, I mean, the songs he sings, you know, is like old, you know, Western murder ballads kind of stuff, you know, this really old school style that I don't know if anybody's really done. And for the dude to be 21 years old and have, you know, one of the most clear, deep voices I've ever heard is phenomenal. Dude, it's like a... uh, It's a bellow. Yeah, this is not a... Nothing bad on him, but literally it is like a croaking bullfrog deep. Yeah. Like croaking bullfrog. Yeah. It is deep. And and you hear it come out of this tall, skinny kid from, you know, Saskatchewan, you're like... The fuck? <laughs> what yeah, just he's, happened? Yeah, and he's, he's, what? you can still see it. He's got his youth, man. I'm yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, one, I mean, he is, we talked about Taylor Hollingsworth being a phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player, but different styles. Coulter Wall, I mean, picking with all his fingers. Yeah. And just not even looking, and all this shit's going on, and you're like, what, what, how, oh, how are you doing that, you know? Um, first time I got to meet Coulter was at a show. He had just turned 21. I got to see him at a show in Birmingham. Probably one of the most irritating shows I've ever seen because 
I don't think I've ever heard a room full of people talk that much while the artist was it is the playing. Nick? No, we were at Saturn. Oh. Which is normally, I mean, it's kind of a iffy play. But typically, you come to, I go to shows to see the band. I don't come there to hang out with my buddies, you no. know? Yeah, I paid money to see this. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love so much about Sunstroke House is you just don't get that. So I wish if Mary Spar ever listened to this, young Mary, if you're listening, we need to get Colter Wall here in Columbus, Mississippi and mm-hmm. play Sunstroke House because that would be a phenomenal room. But Colter's playing sold out shows across the country and, and across the world. So, I mean, they probably, I don't know what their consideration for Sunstroke, unless he just wants a quiet room he can play to and people will listen. Because mm-hmm. the dude, man, he goes so low, it make, it just vibrates, you know? Yeah. Re- it resonates. It's, I mean, uh, right when he opened his mouth, man, it was chill bumps. Yeah. And oh, yeah, because you don't expect it. Cause, yeah, and then the song being titled Devil Wears Suit and Tie, and then you kind of hear the story. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude to be so young, uh, he's... I don't know what, but he's got some experience under his belt. Yeah, yeah, and then playing the kick drum with his foot while he's singing. He's got a full band that travels with him. Yeah, um, and really good too. I mean, and he's got a he's got a full length record out now that uh, everybody. You just need to experience Coulter Wall mm-hmm. um, at least one time. Just pull up something on YouTube or on your whatever, however you listen to your music. Pull it up and just and yeah. hit it, man, because it's you, you'll fall in love with Coulter Wall. And he's got he's got a he's a real quiet, shy. You know, he's and in my opinion, I mean, being, you know, my age in my 40s now, I mean, he's a, he's a kid, you know, mm-hmm. he's just a shy little quiet kid. But then when he sings, this voice comes out of him that just yeah. is like, what the hell happened? And it's immediately like right when, once again, right when he opens his mouth, it's like everybody shut the hell up for a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen to what this guy, I mean, yeah. And, he, and his stories, his stories, I think that he tells in most of his songs, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of murder and kind of. You know, intrigue and 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 real uh, real gothic uh, Americana kind of uh, it, it, stuff. It, it, you know, it does have that vibe. And so, one thing I'm curious uh, with him as he spends more time on the road, and I was telling you earlier while we were outside, is uh, coming up, and it usually happens with bands like maybe after the sophomore or maybe the third album that uh, just the meaning behind the songs and it's just about life on the road. Yeah. And it gets to a place to where I can't associate with it anymore because I don't want to live on the road. And so, like, uh, not that I dislike the band. It's like, well, I used to relate to you, but uh, now, sure. I, now I can't. Sure, yeah. And like you and I were talking, I think it I think it happens to a lot of people because especially if they tour a lot, they just get kind of caught. I mean, they got no really spare time that they can sit and just write yeah. at home anymore. Yeah. So it's like stuff on the road. And this is the life I'm experiencing now. I'm not really... You know, hanging out with my family. I'm not hanging out with my people, my folks, right. my, my lady friends, you know, male friends, whoever. You know, so it ends up being a lot of songs about the road. And you know, I mean, I love a good road song, but I've never been on tour before. I've never been on the road. Yeah. So for every song, or at least half your songs, to be about the road, I mean, you got to think about how many people are really listening at that point, or or they may already love you and love your voice. But I mean, I if I were an artist. And I were on the road, and I wanted to sing some songs because that's my life. I would think of other ways to find, you know. And, and a lot of people pull it off very well. They do. They sing they equally do. about everything, you know. Yeah. I mean, but it's just like me listening to, uh, you know, a, a, a kid that's you know twenty years old singing a rap song. I don't live your life. I'm not gonna really understand what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it might be cool. It might sound good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and granted, there's a lot of um, there's probably a lot of big gigantic songs that I've listened to before. It doesn't really have anything to do with my life and the life that I've lived, but 
that's a fucking great song, so I'm going to continue. Let's do it. I mean, you think about Led Zeppelin going to California or whatever, you know, Cashmere. Yeah. I mean, we listen to it the same way. And I mean, it all just really, how much you want to bleed the lyrics. Yeah. You know, I mean, just if you just want to live it and feel it. You know, I think back to, to like how bands grow. You know, you think about when Metallica cut their hair and they put out the black record. I yeah. mean, perfect example. You know, their style, well, I don't know if it's a perfect example of road songs, but their lifestyle changed. They became older dudes. They weren't, you know, punk-ass kids no more. They put out a record that freaking sold more than any of the rest of them when he dropped the double bass pedal for a record and they cut their hair, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember the greatest quote, I think, ever in the history of rock music was Jason Newstead was asked, it was like, "Um, what do you think about people calling you sellouts? And Jason Newstead responded, we sell out. Sell out every venue we play every night. You know, I mean, it's like hell, hell yeah, hell yeah, you hell. did it right. You know, but I think about like for me, like I remember Lucero, my favorite band. I remember Lucero um, growing up or, or hearing them. You know, um, and I never really kind of liked um, Ben's voice. It was kind of that's what held me back. It's like yeah, that's a little scruffy, you know, whatever. But I had to get to a point in my life where it made sense. So whenever I went through my unfortunate divorce. Mm-hmm. I just randomly said, I've heard these guys. I like the music. I like everything about them. You know, I think I could probably like it. So I bought, I went to Seasick Records in Birmingham, bought a record and came home, listened to it. And I was like, this is my band. Yeah. Because they're singing about everything I'm going through right now. And I had a chance, you know, to tell Ben how much he, his lyrics have helped me, you know, through different situations in my life because there's always one. But it's cool to watch them too as they've grown because I've kind of grown with them, you know. Yeah. They are all family men. I, you know, granted, I think I was a, you know, because I have an 18-year-old now. I mean, I was a family man a little before them, but I caught up, you know. Mm-hmm. I was with them through the sad songs when my divorce happened. They, they hit me with their sad songs. And now I'm growing with them again. We've kind of caught back up, and it's really kind of cool to see. So, I yeah. mean, I think, you know, even though bands may sing about songs on the road, you know, you got to kind of weed in the, the other ones, too. And, and really, you know, you'll find something in there that, that your yeah. life agrees with. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's not like uh, giving up on the band, but it's just... No. Just as no. far as just I relate to that because with Lucero I was telling you um, I guess I thought it was maybe second or third but it goes back to the attic tapes when I yep. first heard Lucero it was Drink Till We're Gone yeah and uh, Tears Don't Matter Much and, oh yeah and uh, was really getting into them and to talk about the progression is like I never minded Lucero like yeah. I, I was I was always a fan yeah and like it didn't matter and like their sound and their progress like you said starting out maybe single guys maybe just dating getting married kids down the road and like i'm not at the yeah, marriage heartbreak in there because yeah. it's sad old man music for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and so like some of those things i know some of those things i don't know but i'm cool with it yeah yeah because like i don't know it's it's just kind of the progression of the band i guess that's i, I took enough time to kind of get to know the members and i was like it's, these are not road songs yeah these are life songs. Yeah, well, there are road songs in there, but they're yeah. road songs about life. But, I mean, you think about, you, you take, all right, we'll, we'll just take the new record, Among the Ghosts. Um, so it's basically the majority of the record is about life on the road and being away from family. Mm-hmm. You know, you're about living out among the ghosts, you know. Well, I mean, you can equate that to just like everyday life, too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, well, I'm at work a lot, you know. I mean, maybe that was the reason that I got divorced was I worked too much, you know what I mean? And there's kind of ways, and I worked, uh, you know, I worked a lot when I was running, you know, two radio stations, you know, and being a big part of the team um, in Tuscaloosa. Um, I mean, I worked a lot. So, 
shit, who knows? That was my life on the road, you know? Yeah. I guess I found a way to kind of make those road songs in life because I was away from the family. You know, they would already have dinner eaten by the time I got home, you know, because we lived outside of Tuscaloosa. Sure. So it would take me a little while to commute there, half hour so. Yeah. Um, We got a little personal there, but I don't care. (laughs) I got got no secrets, man. Anything you want to ask me, I'll (laughs) tell you. But, you know, when I get to, to talking about a good, you know, telling the good Lucero story, I always love that man or uh, shit any of these bands we talk about. Oh yeah, dude, I'm like uh, just some of my favorite bands, man, like uh, Band of Horses or Avid Brothers or some of those cats. Mm-hmm. Is, um, they'll put the album out, they'll tour the album, and they'll still be playing. But the songs are wrote from home with family, friends, yeah. and you you get that you get that sense in the album. Sure, with the songs, like yeah. a, a Band of Horses, I don't, I don't hear a road song there. Yeah. And like uh, I grew up playing baseball, and like every now and then you'll hear you'll hear a throwback baseball song. But even if you don't give a, <laughs> even if you don't give a damn about baseball, yeah. like Great Salt Lake, that is a phenomenal song. It's about baseball. Yeah. And um, if you don't know anything about baseball and you listen to that song, it's okay. Yeah. Because yeah, sure, it's it's one of those songs that can it. It's like like you were saying. I didn't have a life on the road, but I can apply to this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it gets us all what you take out of it, yeah. you know? I mean, I didn't understand the majority of the stuff that Tom Waits ever sang about or still sings about, but I find ways that it makes sense in my life when I listen to it, you know? I just hear that sound. It's the same thing with Ben Nichols as it is Tom Waits. I hear that tone in their voice, that sadness, and that's what grabs me in. So I can, at that point, take any kind of sadness that I had in my life and I can make it make sense within that song, you know. And I think maybe a lot of people are like that, you know. When I'm not dissing road songs at all, I love yeah. a good road. Yeah, song, yeah, I'm not, I'm not either. You know, but but I just, I just there, there are bands that get into the habit of just writing songs about being on the road. And I mean, granted, we just talked about the new Lucero record was majority of it was kind of about life on the road and having a family. But I found ways to make that. Yeah. that's a phenomenal record, you know. Yeah, one of the best records of last year, in my opinion. So there you go. And so the last off the deep end, uh, and I know you're a blues fan, so I did not want to leave you out of this, is uh, we covered Robert Johnson. Yep. And so we have, we've talked in the past about the, hitting the blues markers. Have, uh, what amount of time have you spent maybe in the Hazelhurst, Greenwood area down there? Did you hit any of those markers? Um, I, did not go to, I did not go to Hazelhurst. Um, you know, and, and we talk about Robert Johnson. I mean, he's nobody really knows where Robert Johnson's buried. Yeah. Um, because there are supposedly three different markers. I went to one of them. I'm not real sure off the top of my head right now. If, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, you could find it <laughs> at Monk on the Radio because it's on there. The, the, and I don't want to search through my phone because it'll take me forever to go back that far because I post way too fucking much. But, but um, you know, I went to one of them, and it was really kind of surreal standing there. It's in this churchyard. It's kind of at the front of all of the, the tombstones right by a tree. And there's this tombstone, and it says Robert. It's got all this stuff that it's supposed to have on it. You know, there's supposedly one that's you know by roadside because you go back to the Crossroads Blues. You know, the Greyhound bus come by and, and my old soul a ride or whatever the hell I forget how it goes exactly. And then there's some other random place I think just a just a marker somewhere that he's supposedly buried. So nobody really knows. But when you get down into that area, and you you especially when you get around, you know, like. 
like Greenwood and Cleveland and Alligator, Mississippi, and all these little weird small towns outside of like Greenwood and Greenville, you know, and you really start to kind of feel this mysticism, you know, associated with all of that stuff. You start to, especially if you're like me, when I did the Blues Trail, I listened to a lot of Charlie Patton and Robert Johnson when I was, because it's so eerie, you know, to think about the life they led back in the, the, the 20s and 30s, yeah. you know, and, and how blues was the devil's music. And they really believed that, you know, I don't think anybody truly believes now that, that the blues is that maybe there are old school people that still do, uh, yeah, but I'm I sure mean, they are to so think weird. about how big of a, like a stigma that was to sing the blues and everybody, Oh, he worships the devil or he's unsold his soul and stuff like that, you know, yeah. and the whole mystery behind Robert Johnson, because I mean, the guy comes in, He's a crappy guitar player. It's a mediocre at yeah, best. Yeah, leaves for a year. Nobody knows where the hell Robert Johnson's at. Loses his wife. Mm-hmm. Can't get in touch. His, the, the, the woman's father will not let Robert see, see son. his son. You know, so his son, they've got him on that new documentary on Netflix. His name's Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got him, and it's like he remembers seeing his dad walk up one day and his grandfather shoot him off, you yeah. know. And then all of a sudden, after a year being gone, Robert comes back, and he's like the best guitar player any of them yeah. ever heard. And, I mean, still touted by Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page as the I'm, best guitar player that ever that's lived. That's just it. You know? is, um, with Off the Deep End, I, I said this was uh, – I would say he's the illegitimate father of modern blues and rock and roll with oh, with his playing. Because sure. think about this. Muddy Waters came mm-hmm. out. There's the modern electric blues. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy Page, uh, 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 Rolling Stones. Keith Richards. Keith Richards. Yeah. Eric uh, Clapton. Eric Clapton, Mr. Slowhand himself, and all these cats. But it was like John Hammond, man. Yeah. Like Carnegie Hall. Like I go back to that. That was in that documentary. That was the most fascinating thing to me when they went to Carnegie Hall and he said he just brought out the phonograph. Yep. And because Robert was already dead, he was dead because they, yeah. they sent the scout down the Mississippi and he supposedly found the grave and he come back and he's like he's gone. Yeah. And he's, yeah, because that's how the show opened. So, so to explain a little bit of the story, John Hammond wanted to put together this kind of you know you know spiritual blues jazz um, jazz southern concert at Carnegie Hall in New York and one of the people he scouted was Robert Johnson uh, he had re- previously recorded Robert Johnson in, in Texas um, for two days and that's where we get the 2029 20, songs Is that American um, record company or yeah and then he went to try to get Robert to play this big concert and Robert was nowhere to be found. Robert was dead. So he walks out on the stage at the beginning of the show, puts a phonograph down, puts a microphone to it and plays Robert's record. Yeah. And, and after each song, the crowd yep. just goes nuts. Yep. And like, I like what they did with the imagery there. It's like in front of the phonograph, it's like you just have this silhouette of Robert Johnson playing yep. and you have the silhouette of the crowd just, going nuts and yep. I was like that brought it full circle because that was unfortunate losing uh, Robert at 27 and uh, 27 club but yeah. um, he was one of, he was probably the, 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 the first, first. The, yeah. uh, the OG yeah <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah and like never getting to see his influence and because it was said about Robert that if uh, if another musician was ro- watching Robert to see what he was doing Robert he would, would turn, turn his back yep. to the guy and um like the influence he had on modern rock and modern electric blues. It's it, Muddy Waters is so thick. Yeah. So thick with Robert. 
Yeah, well, I tell you what, John Hammond, who found Robert Johnson, his son, John Hammond Jr., has been a, a blues musician for years. He's in that documentary, and he's also got another documentary of his own called In Search of Robert Johnson. But he is, as some people say, a Robert Johnson interpreter. Just YouTube John Hammond Jr. Mm-hmm. and Robert Johnson and just watch this guy play guitar. He is not a not a singer. Bless his heart. He's not a singer. He's but really he can, not. But he can play. But he can freaking play that guitar. I had a chance to see him back when I was still. I mean, I was old enough to drive because me and my friend drove down to Greenville uh, to the the. It, it previously was called the Robert Johnson Blues Festival. The year we went was the first year of the Crossroads Blues Festival, mm-hmm. and we went down there. It was Greenville, not Greenwood, I believe. Yeah, yeah, something I say Greenwood. Yeah. yeah, and I mean there were bands on the bill like Satan and Adam was there. Um, who are phenomenal. Uh, they've got a documentary out on Netflix. It's pretty cool. John Hammond, of course, was there, and Taj Mahal was the headliner that night. There you go. Uh, yeah, just wow. Taj Mahal, <laughs> I got a chance to see that. But I just sat there on the ground because we were all in front of the stage sitting on the ground. A lot of people had chairs. Me and my friend, we were broke-ass teenagers. We didn't have a sitting chair. Sitting on the grass. We were sitting on the grass just watching this guy, man. And it's just and he sits in a chair and he just plays his ad. He doesn't have a band. It's just, just him. Just him. And just just tearing it up with a slide on a dobro, you know, and just wow, yeah. So yeah, this guy's phenomenal. So I can just imagine what being, you know, back in Robert Johnson's day and and watching Robert Johnson play guitar and just being, especially back then, they didn't have the YouTube clips or the chances to go to concerts like we do as no, much. No, no, no. So we, you know, we're, we're full of a lot of really good guitar players in our brain and our memories. But at that time, they were like, "What the hell is this? Yeah, this is new to us. What did somebody could play guitar like that yeah, or play guitar at all? He's blowing air back. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's cutting heads for sure. And, the, and, and <laughs> like to set the time period once again, like we were only a generation away from slavery, and so this had been churched up in Mississippi. They wouldn't call it slavery; it was called sharecropping. Yeah. And so this is where we were. And so these cats who were working the field, they would come out on the streets in the city during this time. And they would just play out in the street. And when the juke joints and some of the bars in the town heard them play and heard that they were in town, hey, come play. Yep, yep. And, and when they were when they were on the street corners, they would be like, you know, say you were a blues musician, I was too. Well, we get on opposite street corners. They call it cutting heads. There you go. That's what they were doing. Yeah. You know? It's like I'm gonna play better than this guy over here. You know, I'm gonna get more people over here to give me more money. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, man, that is such an interesting time in history. And, like, uh, the influence is, it's legendary because of all the people that Robert Johnson has impacted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one that I always draw to, and I think we've brought him up in, in previous times because I, I was lucky enough um, to have gotten a chance to know his daughter somewhat. Okay. But Johnny Shines, in my opinion, Johnny Shines is my favorite blues artist okay. of all time. I'm a huge Robert Johnson uh, and we've talked about R.L. Burnside. To those are my top three right there. Yeah, but Johnny great. Shines by far has one of the most phenomenal blues voices ever. It came from it came from the depths of a soul I've never known. His voice did. Wow. And um, he ended up he um, he lived the, the the last half of his life in Tuscaloosa. Um, they've even got Johnny Shines Drive or Road, whichever it is. And it's like there's not a blues marker over there. So if anybody from the Mississippi Blues Marker Society Association, whatever, yeah. I've tried to email them but not got anything back. There needs to be a blues marker for Johnny Shines in yeah. Tuscaloosa because that's where he spent a lot of time. But, man, Johnny Shines, you think about there are 
now at, at one point there was only like two or three known photographs of Robert Johnson. Now there are four. Mm-hmm. The fourth one contains two women, Robert Johnson and Johnny Shines. There you go. That's it. So the only people featured in any of the four photos known of Robert Johnson are two Johnny. unknown females and Johnny Shines. So he he was it was his so best like, friend. You know, they Robert together. was a mentor. Yep. Yes, exactly. Source? So if you get a chance again, Johnny Shines, Two Wet to Plow. That record right there will make the hair on my arm stand up when I hear him sing. And that's the thing about Robert. You said it in the past, especially with uh, I think it goes back to uh, just that that time of history. But listening to those ominous recordings, with maybe it was raining outside, and mm-hmm. you got these hellhound on my tracks and. Yeah, because that was the situation. Whenever Robert recorded um, "Hellhound on My Trail," yeah, um, he that morning he came into the studio and he turned around and faced the corner. Apparently, I think there were two big windows on either side of him, and he was facing a concrete corner. And he brought the microphone into the corner, and it was raining. And if you listen real closely, I th- we've talked about this yeah, before. We, yeah, we brought it up. You could hear least... you could hear the raindrops on the window yeah. and it just in the song. This... Over this kind of static that you get from the older recording, and he did Hellhounds on My Trail, you know, and, and that all goes back to the whole mystic thing of, you know, did he sell his soul to the devil? And nice Tom has got Hellhounds on his trail. Yeah. And that's my thing because I don't never know if it was like maybe a nod to the stepfather, Dodds, who was mm-hmm. the successful carpenter and had a business who had to flee to Memphis because of a lynch mob. Yeah. And, you know, bloodhounds. I don't never sure. know. Sure. And like, that's what I'm saying. And, with that songwriting, that time period, and like just the way everything was, uh, was so black and white. I think like his writing, it was influenced from the time, and like Hellhounds, that is exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a stinking bloodhound, man. Yeah, and like devil music, maybe so, or or is it? I mean, I yeah. don't, I don't know. I mean. But, and that's the mysticism but, but he, around but him. He, but he played into it, you know. He did. I think maybe maybe before he, you know, when he came back and he was such a phenomenal guitar player, maybe he just sat and he learned guitar really well in the course of a year. I mean, it's possible that somebody could do that if that's all they do. But maybe he played into the fact that people thought that he had sold his soul to the devil. And yeah. He just kind of played. Shit, he was a superstar. Ozzy Osbourne, he had never worshipped the devil. But everybody thought he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? He played, played into it. Maybe Robert Johnson did the same I, thing I think, with the devil I, thing. I think you know? that may have been what it was. But once yeah. again, there's this mysticism, man. Yep. Like old Robert Plant's got some uh, got some crossroad dirt in a jar, man. <laughs> really? There, there's so. Yeah, you know, it's too, it's cool. And I think uh, it's not that show, but if you ever watch, um, or you had to go back and watch Seasons, That what's that show that um, uh, Jack and Ozzy Osbourne did? Where he and his dad hit the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were just going now. Yeah, they, they well, they end up in in Greenville or Greenwood, and they end up at the crossroads. And they're with I don't know. I think it's Super Chicken maybe that they're with. And Super Chicken's like maybe it wasn't Super Chicken. Whoever it was, but they go. You know, this isn't real crossroads. Real crossroads is over there by the railroad tracks. So he takes them over to where the real crossroads at the time back in the day. Yeah. So if you're like me. I didn't take time to go and find the real crossroads, but I went to the big marker they've got at the little five points or whatever there, you know, and I took my picture with my friend and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. But I want to go back now and I want to, because I stayed at the shack up in props to them. It's not a paid uh, endorsement, but it should be. Um, The shack up in uh, is just down the road from the crossroads, you know, 
And so we went down there and, and I got, and I just kind of stood there. She ended up leaving. She had to, she and her husband had to get back to Colorado. They met me when they were coming off vacation. Cause I was there Yeah. and, um, we went to the Lou's museum together, but I just stood there and just kind of thought about, man, you know what this looked like back in those days. That was the know? thing. Cause in that documentary, three forks, the bar, the last time Robert played yes. where he was poisoned with the, the bro, you know, the seal was broke on the whiskey. Yeah. That was a crazy story in itself. The guy slaps the bottle of his hand. He said, Robert never drink uh, whiskey from a bottle that has a broken seal. And Robert said, don't ever slap a $7 bottle of whiskey out of my hand. Mm-hmm. And, and he went on for two or three days of suffering. That's how he died. He was poisoned. Yep. And it goes back to that womanizer, and he was a heavy drinker. I love whiskey. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he just shacked up with the, I think, the owner of the three the forks. The wrong woman. The wrong yep. woman. Yep. And, I mean, the mysticism behind that with his death is, uh, was it the barkeep that night? Was it the owner? Or was it the woman? And then, like, you go in the documentary, is uh, it's nothing but a field now. And I don't even think there's a road, but where the original three forks was, it's nothing but a field. Yeah. Yeah, because so uh, you have to have somebody. Who is it in the documentary? Is it Honey Boy? I think it was Honey. Honey yeah, Boy, because that, he was playing with Robert that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He may have been the one that slapped the bottle. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. And but it yeah, because he was at here's where the original three forces. That's a. I forget what the documentary is called. You may want to look it up on your phone, but uh, so we can tell everybody. But man, it, it is a phenomenal documentary, and the the artwork, the the animation that's within the yeah, movie because, like, kind of adds the, to the, the the mysticism. Yeah, oh, because yeah, like in every picture in its, it. in its shadow and in like the cartoon, the silhouette always has horns. Yeah, yeah. We we tend to go back to the blues on on untapped and vinyl. We get to we get to drinking the beer and start talking about the blues, man. But there's so much good about the blues. Um, there's so much good music out there. You and I were talking earlier. Um, there's so much good music out right now. You know, we had talked about, I think, in one of our first episodes, or maybe it's one where we had Sammy on, where we were talking about how I had said that music has not sounded as good as, as it did when Nirvana blew everything off of it, and I was 17 years old, and yeah. that time. But now, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I've gotten to a point in my life, I've gotten older, where I am listening to music in a different way. It goes back to what we were talking about with Lucero and sure. Band of Horses and stuff. You kind of you kind of get to a point where you start listening to things differently because I remember a, a time in my life when music really only sounded good when it was cool outside. You know, like I could roll the windows down and crank and it just didn't matter what I was listening to. I'd crank yeah. it up and be the best thing I ever heard. Fog you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fog hat. Yeah. Let's not talk about fog hat because I don't know enough about fog hat. But <laughs> I, was just, I was just throwing some out. Sure, sure. Uh, it's just the most random, but that was, that was great though, man. What a great... Freaking band name though, Fog Hat. What does that mean? Is there is a Fog Hat something? Don't get me going, uh, okay. dude. But I'm. Uh, uh, I, I really like their because band on, name because on the way over here, I had the windows down playing some slow ride. Mm. <laughs> That's why I brought up Fog Hat. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it, man. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Something about the blues. I guess maybe it's you know being raised in the state of Mississippi or. Or I don't know what it was. I mean, because there came a point when in my teen years, they used to have on the, the local campus station, they used to do blues on Saturdays or Sundays. And me and my friend John Andrus would sit and listen to it. And John play, was a great guitar player. And we would like sit at his house and he would play the guitar and I would sing and we would do Robert Johnson songs, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, what what it was about the blues that kind of hit my soul, but something struck me. And, and it's my favorite form of music. 
it's it's like the older I get, the more it is for me. And I don't know, like uh, with you, I can connect, man. I've had heartache and hardships, man, divorce sure. and uh, just tragedy. But I mean, it's life. Yeah, crap happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, the older I get, man, the more I lean on the blues. The more I like to listen to the blues. Yeah. Oh. By the way, the name of that Netflix documentary, if you want to watch that, is called The Devil at the Crossroads. There you go, yeah. There's that. I don't know if it is growing up in Mississippi because take Will Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to sit down and talk to Will and, you know, about his time here in Columbus and just time overall in Mississippi. And, you know, usually when he came to Mississippi, he would be in the Water Valley, Oxford, maybe Jackson playing a show. Yeah. Never had been to Columbus. And we were just kind of talking about Mississippi and Columbus just kind of in general. And he was like, you know, there is this certain feel you get about Mississippi when you've come. It's this sense of almost chasing a ghost. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know if it was being born and raised here. It probably has a lot to do with it. But I think most of it happens with just being a lover of music and good music. And finding the root, because the blues is the foundation for country, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, uh, rock and roll. Yeah. A lot, it's it's the basis of a lot of influence, and like today... I don't think it's the root of death metal, but... I I wouldn't go go that far, but uh, like a lot of artists my age up to, you know, their 40s, like if you talk to them, they're huge influence... They're going to bring up Pearl Jam and Nirvana, I think, because like there was something that happened when that record with the baby sure, on it came it was, out. It was, it was too big to, to not notice. And then they also always almost bring up a blues artist. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, maybe it's a Stevie Ray Vaughan or it's a, you know, B.B. King. I and mean, it may be a Van Halen or, you know, but it, Van Halen was probably influenced by Robert I Johnson. Imagine you know, and he was. I mean, at some point he had listened. I mean, if. Off all of his peers, all of the the Eric Clapton's and Jimmy, Jimmy Page's of the world were listening to Robert Johnson, and because supposedly that one record label, the a really big one, I think it was over in uh, England, when these artists would come in, before they even started recording, the guy over the record company would put Robert Johnson on and make them hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like this is how you have to think. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and, and the, the blues influence in England back in the 60s was, you know, I mean, that's the majority of the stuff you hear from the 60s was influenced by American blues. You, you think about the Rolling Stones and the, the big television appearances with, uh, with, Muddy, uh, with uh, I'm sorry, uh, Howlin' Wolf. You know, they took Howlin' Wolf on tour with them. That's yeah. how much they loved him. You know, they're on BBC documentaries introducing him, you know. The, the blues are felt around the world, but there's some. There is something. There's a. I agree with Will, um, and also plug too to anybody listening to Will Johnson. Check out his solo stuff, but listen to Centromatic too. Yeah. So Will Johnson, I'll give you the songs. <laughs> uh, my favorite by Will is Predator, but uh, his Scorpion album is really good. Uh, Will's just a real chill guy. Amazingly it, chill. Yeah. And his his music is uh, it's it's just a chill vibe. He's a nice dude. Yeah. But but I mean I'll I'll agree with him. There's just there's something about Mississippi that kind of draws you in and especially if you know it and you kind of look for it, you see it a lot more. And then if you're like me and you spend a lot of time in, in some of the areas around here and you went to some of the blues festivals and stuff, you get to know people like Terry Harmonica Bean 
whose grandfather tells stories about Robert Johnson, you know? Mm-hmm. Was 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 Harmonica Bean in that? He was. He was in that movie, yes. He okay. was in the I was about to say, wait a minute, was that the movie he was in? Because I've watched a lot of blues movies. Yeah. As we had talked about the R.L. The R. Burnside, You See Me Laughing yeah. um, documentary, the, the Fat Possum, You See Me Laughing, so I didn't know which damn one I saw him in. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think it was him that said it was one of the most profound um quotes you could pull from that documentary talking about how Robert's life uh, the mysticism behind it and being taken too early and he said I don't so much buy into that the main pull away I take from that is identify who you're supposed to be and go be it that's what Robert did Yeah. he disappeared for a year and he come back that's what happened Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he said that's how I take it Yeah. and I was yeah. like I like that too. I mean, that's. I mean, like I said, it's entirely possible that somebody could become that good of a guitar player in a if year if they wanted it. Yeah, and if it was naturally in them, maybe they had just not wanted. He had just not wanted it enough. So when he got to that point, he just said, "You know what? I'm tired. I'm leaving y'all. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm learn how to play this thing. Yeah. I'm tired of being laughed at." Yeah, it's like beating a dead horse, but I mean, think about the tragedy. Like uh, he disappeared for a year because his mentors, the people he was being influenced by, run him off the stage. And then wife-to-be, her father, you're not going to be in her life, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be in her son's life. And so I wonder how many straws it took to break that camel's back, and then it was easy for him to be like, yeah, I play the devil's music. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And, and what was it Sadell said in, in, the, uh, in the You See Me Laughing documentary? <laughs> he, said, um, he said, my mama... Oh hell! I'm not gonna be able to remember the quote now, thanks to uh, Parish Brewing Company. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but he said something about the fact he goes he goes um, his mama told him not to play the devil's music, and he, he said, well, he knew he was gonna play the devil's music because he's gonna make any kind of money, and he's gonna have to play music, you know. And that's when he started playing the blues. So yeah, yeah something to that. <laughs> Go back and watch the documentaries. Yeah. Whoo man. <laughs> yeah. The Parish Brewing Company uh, Bloom is uh, definitely a phenomenal beer, and it is flowing through my system right now. I think now. the untapped and vinyl reputation is going to hold itself. That's it, the, man. Uh, yes. Here the we longer go. we sit, here's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> the randomness comes in. We've talked about blues for about the past 25 minutes. What else do we need to talk about? What else is coming up? Next time we have a conversation, I will be able to tell you the story about going to see Pussy Riot in Birmingham. Uh, benefit for the Yellowhammer Fund and Planned Parenthood. It should be a circus, I would imagine, in Birmingham with Planned Parenthood bunch coming in and Pussy Riot in general coming in. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a hell of a show. Oh, my gosh. So next time we talk, we'll talk about Pussy Riot. There you go. Cool. Yeah, can and we say that word on your show? <laughs> Just kidding. I've said every cuss word there's known to, except for the ones my mama don't want me to say. Whatever you like. Well, all right. We are clearly untapped at this point. I wanted to say. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call it, Marilyn? Man, i got to get out this bar. I am untapped. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lusa. Thank you, Parrish. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, I did want to give you show times for Pony. So on, this is July of 2019. So if you listen to this archived, you may have already missed it, but you'll have something new to look forward to when he comes back around. <laughs> but on the 14th, no, scratch that. On the 17th of this month, he'll be in Austin, Texas. On the 18th, he'll be at Dallas. 19th, he'll be 
and I cannot read what he wrote. <laughs> what does that say? Hold on, hold on. On the 19th, he'll be at Scotty's in Texarkana. Texarkana. On the 20th, um, you can come see him with with myself and Jamie Nettles at uh, Proud Larry's in Oxford. And then he'll be at Birmingham. And I don't know because he put uh, the Nick. He'll be at the Nick on the 21st. And I'll be at that one. Well, you and I will be at that one. Yes, so you can come see Al and Monk. There you go. At the Nick. We'll and by the way, out. I have not forgotten hashtag Sweden, all right? Get monkin' out of Sweden. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's I forgot a, about that. that. That's a thing. Shit. What, did it ever happen? Did anybody ever? I don't know if anybody is. I haven't heard any feedback yet. But, uh, Dang, I sure that's, would that's like to That's a hashtag. To to, I sure would like to go to. That's a thing. I sure would like to hashtag get monkin' out to Sweden. <laughs> yeah. We'll hang out. Uh, I just I just watched Midsummer. You know that that the horror film that dropped for this summer. Yeah. No. And so it's like a. Uh, I don't gravitate toward horror films unless it, it's like Stranger Things. It's a it's a cult film, and the movie's based off of this cult in Sweden. But it does not deter me from going to Sweden at all. Ah. <laughs> but um, I I did want to drop that. They I don't get, do like a black metal thing like all those Nordic people do up there in Sweden, do they? think so it's crazy I, I don't know for sure <laughs> yeah I, I haven't been but man there is this band and how i got introduced it was cobb's younger brother he goes to school over in Alton, and we started this podcast we had done like four episodes and porch talk has always tried to plug music and talk about music that people should know about and this was before I had heard Half Alive on the radio. Mm-hmm. And about four months later, I started hearing them all at 1017. And I was like, Cobb, tell your brother he found something good. Yeah. But the moment I heard the song and then I heard, I saw the music video, I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't like this, I can't trust you. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> poppy as shit, but it is the most catchy song that I've heard in years. Feel Alive. Oh my gosh. Ha- Half Alive. Half Still Feel is the name of the band. Yeah. That's well, a weird name for a band. And I mean, the song band combination kind of is, is confusing. Mm-hmm. But man, the minute I saw that video and I was like, oh my God, I've been showing everybody that video. I'm like, you got to see Half Alive, Still mm-hmm. Feel. Mm-hmm. It is, blah, I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There. And then when it comes on at work, because I've got it on a couple playlists that we play on my phone at work, I'll crank it up every time. Like, oh, here's our song, and me and my coworker will be like moving our shoulders. Me too. Stuff. When I'm in the when I'm in the car or when I'm at work, and it comes on my playlist, um, there's that moment of where I lose my shit, yeah. and I, I, I start because I still feel alive. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm, like, like, yeah. Oh, and I'm yeah. moving. Yeah, and I'm oh, moving. Man. And the oh, guy, guy walks in, like, what are you doing? I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm in my zone. Join in, join in, dude. Yeah. Come on, come on. Come on. Feel it, feel it, yeah. feel it. You still feel alive? <laughs> I do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but they have another track. I haven't heard it on radio yet, and uh, it's called Runaway. Mm-hmm. And that song is equally good. And so I have a lot of faith in this band. And you were telling me that the album itself is good. The album itself is good. I'm not sure about which song was Runaway, because one day we were talking about the song so heavy, and it was on so many of my playlists that we had listened to. Finally, I was like, well, let's just listen to the whole record. And we did, and we were all. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, this is good. This is really freaking good." Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I need to sit down and kind of revisit it. Um, maybe buy it on vinyl or something. Um, oh my god, my neighbors aren't ready for something like that in this apartment comp, this apartment <laughs> building, you know. But, uh, oh, I love them. Yeah. All right, and so just just to recap and to make mention of 
bands you should know about and just things you should check out via YouTube or Spotify, Pandora, or just going down to the record store and just picking up a, a CD or a vinyl is wanted to spend a little time doing some recommendations. So give me some indies only. What are some things that we should be looking for? First off, we should not forget Taylor Hollingsworth. His new record, Tap Dancing Daddy. Comes out in August. August 2nd on, is it Flower Moon? Right? Moon, Moon, Moonflower. Moonflower, Moonflower yeah. Records. Moonflower. I apologize to the record label. They're, they're out in Cali. Yeah, but they are. But they have a lot of Birmingham artists on their yeah. label. They've got... Um, and they snagged it. they got the Azure Ray folks on their uh, their label as well. But uh, the new Taylor Hollingsworth. And be listening to Indies Only. Um, now, if, if you're not local, Columbus, Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, that area, Alt-1017 has an app. Okay. Yep, you can just download, look for the Alt-1017 app, or you can go to alt1017.com and click the Listen Live link. But, um, I mean, looking at some of the stuff that I think is phenomenal out right now, um, there's a new record by this uh, lady named Sarah Beth Nelson, and Beth is spelled B-E-T-H-E, okay. Sarah Beth Nelson. That's a phenomenal release. I mean, the new one, in my opinion, so far, because Taylor's record hadn't come out yet, so I hadn't been able to replace uh, this record as my favorite record because Taylor's is not out yet. But the new Titus Andronicus record. Shout out to Jamie. Shout out to Jamie Nettles who turned me on. Their new record, and Obelisk is the name of the record. And, I mean, everything on it from Me and My Body to um, I Blame Society to, uh, gosh, man. I mean, it's just a fantastic freaking record through and through. If you're a punk rock fan, listen to it. If you're a fan of rock and roll, listen to it. If you're a fan of the blues, listen to it. Because in some way, shape, or form, it's going to uh, to, yeah. to blow you away. There's also another um, chick out right now. Her name is Jade Jackson. And like Pony Bradshaw, she just got off tour with Social Distortion. She toured with Social Distortion for a year or two. Um, they kind of took her under their wing. She just put out a new record that is tight um, also, this new band called Slaughter Beach Dog. Okay. But it's Slaughter Beach, comma, dog. You know, Slaughter Beach Dog. Okay, I get they, it. I get it. They're really good. Oh, man. I was, um, what about, like, this? just to go off on that, we were talking about band names at one time, and uh, I was looking at music festivals for this summer, and you look down toward the bottom, and I see a band called, I don't know how they found me, but they did. Yeah. And they're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you want to talk about yeah, a band name. They started out on Indies Only. Wow. Yep. I forget the one song because we're playing it in regular rotation. But now, but now they're on, on regular on, rotation on indies on, only. Oh. So I don't um, I don't play them on my show anymore, obviously, because they're getting some some good regular play. And also, let me plug another band that I found this band when I first started indies only. I made friends with the manager. I've made friends with the two ladies in the band. They're called Tough on Fridays. Yeah. It's straightforward rock and roll. It's um. It's kind of got like I think they took a lot of influence from Joan Jett. They're called Tough on Fridays. They're out it's a of two piece. Yeah, it was a two piece, but they've got a band that goes along with them. But the main band, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, uh, I don't, I can't think maybe of like a band. Black Keys kind of thing. Yeah, maybe kind of like a Twenty One Pilots. How there's a band that stands off the side of the stage, but no, I mean Tough on Fridays is a whole band, but the main feature is Katie and Kaylee. They're from uh, Georgetown, Texas. I think it is. Is that right? Georgetown, Texas, yes. They're phenomenal. Check out Tough on Friday. These girls just put out their new EP, and I'm playing, I've am playing. i played every song off of their new EP mm-hmm. now because they've slowly released everything. That's that's one of the bands that I look to do something big 
in the future is Tough on Fridays. It's like I said, it's straightforward indie rock and roll. Um, it's done with their own style. It's sweet. It's beautiful, and it rocks. Yeah, and like to put you off into like a more chill, maybe uh, I don't know what kind of vibe this puts off, but I, I think this is, would be how I'd describe it. S Y M L. This is called smile. Simmel. 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 Simmel is the Welch word for simple. Well, makes sense. I, I had to reach out to the record label to find out how to pronounce S M Y L. Because I thought Simmel. it was, I thought it was smile. You know. Yep. But they have a song. It's called "Where's My Love," and their album, if it has an RA drop, it's getting ready to drop. Uh, be on the lookout for that. There is an album that recently dropped by Radical Face that I just... Uh, it, 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 Radical it, Face is really cool. I it, played him on Indies Only, it, as it, well as Simmel. It blew my hair back with this latest one because they have a song off that album. It's called Welcome Home. And the whole album was recorded in, I think, the front man's home that he grew up in. Yeah. And so on some of the tracks, you can hear like the wind chimes, and you can kind of hear tones from home in the background. Yeah. And, it, and I was like, man, this is, this is a beautiful work. And so, just because of that, like it, uh, I think that that album dropped late last year or early this year. Like it, it's it's a top ten. Thank you, Sushi. <laughs> Sushi's knocking around my stack of laundry money over there. <laughs> <laughs> but Radical Face, man, I, I've I've always enjoyed what they've done, and like this latest album that they put out, I've I've really enjoyed that. And uh, other things, uh, just to bring back up, I can't say enough about Taylor Hollinsworth. Oh my gosh! And August second. I'm telling you, tap dancing dead is going to drop. But life with a slow ear, and then uh, dead fingers. If you're unfamiliar with them, look up rings around Saturn. Oh my gosh, he did it for me. Special. That is a song you want to hear. Uh, once again, Pony Bradshaw. Um, you cannot go wrong with Van Gogh, Bad Teeth, um, Shame, Shame. <laughs> and Ten by Ten or yeah. Josephine. Or anything uh, off or of any... Didn't it rain or uh, Jehovah. Yep. And we forgot when we listed all the songs they released, they released Didn't It Rain. Yeah. So, Damn. yeah. I mean, and go see Pony Bradshaw in one of those places. Come come join me and Jamie over in Oxford. Come join Al and I over in Birmingham at the Nick yeah. and see these this guy. And then Cody. We got to give a shout out to Cody. Who is one of the happiest little guitar players ever? He just feels that music, and I love watching Cody. Dude, play. I, lo- I love Cody, Cody man. I love Cody, man. And like one of the latest videos I saw of them playing out, I think it was in Kansas. Damn, Cody was snapping, son. <laughs> he was getting down. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm older than you. What the fuck is snapping? Dude was ripping a solo. Okay, ripping a solo. Okay, all right. Cool. And and the drummer, I don't, know, I don't know, who, I don't speak. know, I don't know, I don't know who the drummer was, but the drummer was getting down too, man. Yeah. And I was like, Fuck yeah, Pony Bradshaw. Yeah, because anytime we've ever, you and I have ever seen yeah, them, it's, it, it's been just Cody and and Pony and, and Pony all around, man. Yeah. I would say right now, the stuff I'm listening to, the Pony Bradshaw and. Anything by Taylor Hollingsworth are like the two things I'm really into right now. I mean, Brad Armstrong, Brad. Will Johnson. Let's don't forget those guys either. Ross Newell. Ross Newell. And um, if you want to hear, Ross doesn't have anything solo put out under his name, but if you want to check out Ross Mulligan Brothers. The Mulligan Brothers, the record that, that uh, I got from him at Sunstroke House. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't realize, I guess, because I, I introduced them, and that's how I introduced myself to Ross when he came up to Sunstroke House. I was like, you know, you and I have met before. You probably don't remember, but I introduced yeah. you guys when you played a show in Tuscaloosa at the Bama Theater. And he was like, you know, I do remember that. But I don't really, like, I didn't I didn't consume. I think at that point, I had been there all day at this place, and we'd, yeah, we'd been drinking beer and take stuff. Take it all in. I, but, man, I listened to that record, and then after getting to know Ross and seeing them acoustic, I was like, I freaking love the Mulligan Brothers. Now I liked the Mulligan Brothers before because I do remember listening to them. But I think it's another situation of where here I am at a different kind of stage in my life five or six years later, and I'm like, damn it. That dude is a phenomenal songwriter. Dude, yes. <laughs> yeah. I lived down in Mobile for about six years, and after I was doing the promotion for that episode and after the episode come out, some of the people I was playing and making music with down in Mobile, they called or texted me, and uh, or even on social media, they was like, I cannot believe that uh, Ross Newell was on your show. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was cool, man. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, Ross was down, and I wasn't about to pass it up. And they was like, he's a phenomenal songwriter. Phenomenal. Like, his lyrics are, they're unreal. Yeah. And you listen to the album, like, um, after the show, before I left the, uh, the, after I left the Sunstroke House, right before I was catching up with Ross, and um, I went over to buy an album or two, and he just tried to give me the whole discography. Yeah. And I was like, I want to pay for it, Ross, you know. And he's like, no, man. I was on the podcast, and I was like, please let me give you something. And so he he just passed over the discography, and he accepted what I gave. And on the way home, I was just going through, and I just let one album play. And then I extended my drive. Yeah. And I put the other one in, and... That's good music right there. And then the next day, I just brought them all in the house. And was listening through, and I was like, my God. Yeah. And so to give you a rundown on Ross, um, The Deal, Lay Here, Kaleidoscope. He played two on uh, on that podcast, if you haven't caught that episode of Ross Newell. He played uh, I Know That Man, Great Granddaddy's War. Great Granddaddy's War is a special song to me personally because it is dealing with this concept to where if I travel outside of the South... When someone learns about that I'm from the South, there's this connotation that comes with it. And Great Granddaddy's War really describes that. It's like, uh, I am not one, uh, I agree with the lyrics and with the what I think the purpose behind that song is, is I'm not going to die in my Great Granddaddy's War. You can, you can pass down those blue eyes, those callous hands, and I'll put them to good use, but mm-hmm. I, I don't buy into what you believed in you know the, yeah. the south's gonna rise again and i, I no yeah. I, I don't i'm not with that at all sure sure and so you can let that die but i everything else that you've given me yes i'll yeah. live and die for but i i don't want any part of that that being said let me direct your attention and everybody's attention to still a southern man from will hogue I mean, we've talked about it, I think, previously on this uh, podcast, but but that song really kind of explains, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I, I may not, I may not, you know, support things that happen in the South or things that have happened. I was not a part of any of it. Yeah. 
So, but I'm still a Southern man. Yep. You know? Same thing. It's like I'm I'm very proud to be from Alabama, and I'm proud of, you know, my great grandfather or you know my gene- sure. genealogy. But yep. do I align with their train of thought? And nope. that I mean, time, it's a it's a different time period. Yeah. It's a different era. We we think differently, and I mean, so much has changed. Even me in my 40s and my son at 18. There's been so much change in between my generation and his generation. There's been more change probably than between any generation up to this point. So the ideology is going to change, the the thought process, the way we consume things, the way we get our information. And then, too, I mean, what half the shit we see, is it real or is it not? You never can tell Once these again, days, you know. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, I think the majority of people um, these days do not align with the ideology of, an error past, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, somewhat maybe because your history, it's just going to be there, but right. Yeah. So yeah, Ross Newell, I absolutely admire uh, what he does uh, with his guitar work and with his songwriting. Also, I cannot forget about Erica Winstrom. Yes. I have really dug her sweet unknown album and this is her first venture away from Heartless Bastards. And that is a damn good album. And I came away with a copy of it as well, and I've listened to uh, it. If I times. were to put you on a specific song there, I would say listen to uh, maybe Twisted Highway, Extraordinary Love, or Like a Bird. But I would recommend you just to sit through the whole album in its entirety. And then go see her live. Oh, man. She's great live, and she's got a good personality. Yeah, she's a sweet girl. Yep. Or sweet lady. And then I, I never got a chance to interject when we were talking about Ross to let everybody know that Ross is just a sweet human. A very sweet human. Yeah. I love him. He's, I mean, yeah. Same thing, yeah, man. He's like, awesome. uh, even when we were setting up the chairs and getting ready mm-hmm. while we were out on the porch just shooting the shit, and even when I went up to do the interview, and even during his show, like, uh, to me, and I wouldn't try to rate best or worst, like, shows I've seen, but I would say that Ross just had a way with people. And I think it was just his personality. He and I had a conversation prior to that show because um, to help everybody understand, Sunstroke House is a is a room of it's a it's a house, and it's a room of people who basically sit and listen to every word you're going to say. Yeah. And I told him, I said, sometimes there's some hecklers. I said some people have an easier time with this room than others. So just be prepared that there may not be. There may be times when there's not a lot of personality in the room, mm-hmm. but the entire time he was up there, he had the crowd going, engaged, everything. Oh, man. I'm not that the other people have not the whole time. I don't think. Like I said, I don't not, think they held it like he did. No, I, and I wouldn't. He understood where we come, where he's from, Mobile. He's from, you know, he's from here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he fit perfectly there, and it was. I hope he comes back. It's yeah, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was. It was good to meet him. It was good to sit down. And it was good to hear him play. And I mean, even like uh, my favorite moments about the evening was just being out on the porch before he went on, and just being able to take that time and talk about just life. Yeah, because we sat out there sweating our asses off. Like, like what 30, 30, 45? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was something cool. And, and then also too for anybody because we keep talking about the Sunstroke House, mm-hmm. Sunstroke House music on Facebook. Join that group. Join the you'll group. Get all the, you'll get all the information on what we're talking about yeah. right now. Because it's a great little place. I've had some friends of mine um, come over from Tuscaloosa and said that was the, one of the greatest rooms they've ever played. 
And I mean, just being able to interview the artists that have come through, and sometimes I catch them after they've come through now, like uh, Will and Brad. I set or did a phone line interview with them after they had come. Yeah. And it's always the same. It's always the it's same. Like that's my the best one of that, the best rooms that, I've ever that, played. That was one of the most special venues yep. I've ever played at, and like being someone in the audience, and then coming from the guy who was playing. And we both agree. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. Yeah, it can't be. It, it's it's being replicated across the country, right? Yeah, now. I'm not saying that it's the only but, thing, but it's unique. But there is something about the Sunstroke House and the people who come there and the attention they give the artist and their interaction with the artist and the artist's interaction with them that is just you can't find it anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. I remember uh, just sitting down with Erica before and after her show, and I mean, she was one of the sweetest human beings. Yep. And being able to hang out with Sarah Shook, mm-hmm. or you know, Buzz and Cody. Oh my gosh! Yes. Or Taylor and Brad. You know. Yep. It, these are nights I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you might as well etch it on the stone, man, for me. Yeah. Because I, I, these are you. You can't replicate it. Sunstroke House Music on, I think it's that on Instagram as well. It is on, that. It's on, on the Instagram yeah. and Facebook. And hook up with Indies Only. Get the app if you're from out of town. Yeah, alt1017.com. There's information on the app there. Or just get in your phone. You got the Google Play, Apple Store, whatever you got. Just type in alt1017. Mm-hmm. That's alt with a T. I know we're country folk. A-L-T. Alt-1017. <laughs> we said the T in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, it'll be a green and black and white logo. That's it. Check it out. Indies only every Saturday night, Central Time, 9 p.m. until midnight. And I know I'm leaving something out, but we'll go ahead and walk this thing out the door with The Devil and Me by Taylor Hollinsworth. Such a great song. All right, Monk, it's been another... Listen attentively, please. Like, put your... Tell your kids to come into the room and say, hey, listen to this dude. He's freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Monk, it's been another untapped in vinyl. I'm untapped. We're about to have the vinyl rolling. Brother, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Fun as always. Peace out. It's coming.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.